This podcast is sponsored by ebookit.com, self-publishing solutions for the independent author and small press. Visit us today at ebookit.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. Toastmasters founder, Dr. Ralph Smedley, once said, we learn best in moments of enjoyment. And what a better way to enjoy a moment is to laugh. In our last episode, we looked at the roast, and today we're looking at another element to add more spark to club meetings that can also create moments of joy, and that's improv. Today we speak with someone who's the president of a Toastmasters club that focuses on both humor and improv. Karen Ray Hanna has been a Toastmaster for 16 years. She belongs to five clubs, including the Improv and Humor Online Club based in California. She's a retired businesswoman and was a single mother who ran an adoption agency. She has five adult children and six grandchildren, several with special needs, who inspire her daily and often are a source of humor for her. Karen was one of many individuals interviewed for the article by Stephanie Darling entitled Improving Club Meetings, subtitled How Three Clubs Are Getting Laughs and Flexing Their Spontaneous Speaking Skills. And that appears in the February 2024 issue of the Toastmaster magazine. And coming to us today from Woodbury, Minnesota, a suburb of St. Paul, Karen Rahanna, welcome to the Toastmasters podcast. Thank you. I'm having fun being here, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been fun so far as we do take two, as we had some technical difficulties. (laughs) February is certainly the month of love. We have Valentine's Day. And this month's Toastmaster magazine is full of articles that make us laugh. And of course, we'd love to laugh. Now, of course, improv is not always about laughter, but more often than not, it does certainly lead to laughter. So, Garen, ready to kick us off, perhaps tell us a little bit about what improv is from your perspective. Yes, Greg, improv is what we do when we're children. We Think of a theme, we know maybe it's our dolls are talking to each other or our trucks are driving down the road, our toy trucks, and we're imagining ourselves being on a big hall of the trucks or we're imagining our, we're playing in a restaurant and somebody is the waiter and they come over and bring the food. And so really what improv is, is what we do naturally. We're born with an ability to improv, and it's called imagination, and it's called having a story in your imagination and taking that story somewhere so that you, in your mind, having a a real adventure. (laughs) I've certainly never heard it explained that way. Improv, we also call it improvisation. That is clever. In the article, they mentioned that improv is the art of saying or doing something relevant to the moment, yet completely unplanned. And you're so right. That's what we did. And that's what we do as children. Yes. Now, Karen Ray, your Toastmasters club is called Improv and Humor Toastmasters. We certainly understand that improv doesn't necessarily have as much structure to it, yet Toastmaster meetings have a certain structure to them. Can you tell us a little bit about your particular club and how do you integrate improv into the club? Our club starts out, we have about an hour long meeting, maybe a little longer, depending on how many people we have attending. And we start out with first, you know, opening the meeting and we start out with a joke. 
all as many jokes as we might have of people that have jokes. So they could be, you know, story jokes that you discovered, or you could do the the puns. You know, there's always a pun stir in the group. And so we start out with jokes, and we try to invite everybody to sit, have a joke or a couple of jokes. And then we usually move into a speech. And the speech can be the traditional. Uh, many people do pathway speeches. Other people do their icebreaker. Other people start out with it. And even though our club is improv and humor, the speeches aren't necessarily humorous. We uh, think that was something we would like to work on as a, a goal is to improve more of our me meetings with adding more humor to it. But we do certainly start out with the jokes. From there we go, typically we'll do, depending on the size of our group, we might do round robin if we have you know enough people where everybody gets a chance to evaluate, or if the meeting is bigger, one evaluator feedback on the speech. So that's more traditional. And then table topics. And we often start out with a theme, try to pick themes that are sort of humorous, like get rid of your junk week or something like that, you know, so we can have a questions that might revolve around there. And sometimes people just do something different with table topics. It's really up to them. Mm. And then we go to improv. Our meetings vary. Depends on who's in the meeting, how we do the improv. Because obviously with guests, there's more time spent is explaining what games we're going to play and what are the kind of improv rules. And then we move into the improv. So some of our meetings are pretty improv just because we have to adjust based on members versus guests. And so we really have to adjust according to who's there to make the meeting go smoothly. And we're always willing to improv as they should our <laughs> format as long as we get these fun things in. There you go. Improvising the format, improvising the content, and improvising as you go along. That's exactly that's exactly. great. So so let's dig a little bit deeper. Now you had mentioned table topics, and I was thinking table topics is also commonly known as impromptu speaking, not necessarily improv. So are they similar? Are they the same? What's your take on that? I think they're fairly different. Impromptu is Often a question that you may be responding to that is of your real-life experience or your real-life thoughts or exploring what you were just asked in terms of sort of a reality-based comment. And improv is whatever you're, you're a kid. You're a kid again, and you're imagining things. And you're coming out of a whole nother place. You're not really used. You may be using your childhood memories of what's it like to imagine something, but they they really are quite different. And I think sometimes people expect it to be more like impromptu, and certainly responding in a group with improv is is it's an impromptu, but it's a, you're drawing on a whole different part of your psyche. Oh, that's interesting. You had touched upon, you had mentioned games. So I'm just curious, I read in the article that one club does improv for 30 minutes. and Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just wondering, in terms of some of its forms, you, you mentioned games. I know from television, we've seen skits. Maybe can you share a couple of items that you do within your club? Yeah, we have different ones. And again, depending on how many guests or visitors, new people, new members, what games we might pick. One of the real challenges on 
improvisation on Zoom is the spontaneity when you're just a little picture in a screen and then we have the muting, unmuting, and the being able to decide how, how what order we're going to go in. So some of the simpler games we've done are there's their alphabet game, and many people have done that as in their improv, and it starts out, you make a story with using each letter of the alphabet. And in the structure of Zoom, which we are, we have to call out the person. A, start a sentence. Somebody will say, always have fun. And then you point out the next person. B, because fun is an important part of life. C, Cats have fun, and people go on, and we end up having a story. It's really a challenge. We get down to the X, and somebody pops up. Sometimes the story makes a lot of sense. Sometimes it simply stimulates you to think quickly of a sentence that starts with that letter. And it doesn't have to be totally part of the story. But sometimes it ends up with a pretty good story that we've just told with 26 sentences in that. So that's one of the simpler games that it seems easier for people Sometimes we set up people in scenes of two, and what we've done there in order to get the improv to work is if we're going to add people to it, we will again assign. You're going to be number one, you're going to be number two, and you know, Susie, you're going to be number three. One and two can start, and three, you can pop in when you're ready after they've set up the scene. Last week was Groundhog Day. So the game we played was, you two are groundhogs, <laughs> and you're trying to decide which one of you is going to go first and get up and see what's going on there. And and then number three, you pipe in, you're another groundhog. And pretty soon we had a groundhog in a different burrow, and you know people just joined in. And so and people even made little hands or little groundhog feet, you know, <laughs> wiggling around. And we were pretty laughing by the time you know, all the groundhogs are figuring out how they're going to get out from underground and come up and see what's going on in uh, the shadow. That's one example of a game, and they can be different things. Like you two are movers, and you just entered this building, and you have to move the couch, and you discover something. So then they go on and say, oh, my goodness, oh, you know, it's a trap. What's under there? Oh, I couldn't believe it, you know, a dead body or whatever people are going to say. They make up things that are funny eventually or dramatic and then another person might join in being the police officer they called or something and it's a very creative process to play those games some of them are simply will open up the meeting one icebreaker kind of thing we do with the improv group is everybody laugh and there we don't have to control the screens who's next everybody laugh and then we go everybody cry okay Everybody have a silly face. It's really fun to watch. So a lot of times we'll introduce a simple things like that to loosen up. Sometimes we do visual dancing games or when first we'll start, I'm rocking and rolling, you know, and hey, you take it. Then the next person does some sort of a dance and we, we go through the whole thing. So we do try to involve a lot of energy to have people loosen up, sometimes in the middle of the meeting or in the beginning. And so that's one game. I can think of quite a few other games, too, that we've tried. There's one called, and I'm not garbling here, it's called gibberish. And so what one person will do is gibberish. And then the other person says, oh, they're, they're late for their hair appointment, and their hair just looks terrible today, and they can't wait to go get a haircut. And then they'll rotate back. So 
it's involves more than just your words. It involves your energy and your imagination along with the energy. I'm thinking some people may arrive at the meeting going, why did I come here? What is going on? But (laughs) yes, some people come to Toastmasters because they're afraid of their shadow, (laughs) using the term from the uh, groundhog, but also they're trying to improve their communication and their leadership skills. And I think finding themselves in an environment like this certainly helps, pardon the pun, break the ice. It makes them feel comfortable. What, what do you notice at the meetings? Yes, I notice people that have come and they perhaps, so some people come because work suggested Toastmasters and they may come and they say, they, they say I'm too serious. I said, well, you come to the right place. We're going to get that out of you real quick here. So <laughs> I've noticed over time how people come in and they are more serious, but when they start to come to meetings, more often they're actually coming in, they're all smiling right away. So there's a certain relaxation. This process of improvisation gives people the permission to relax and permission to go outside yourself. And, you know, if you say something silly, well, that's what we're all doing. So <laughs> it doesn't matter if you go flub up because that's what we're all doing. We're all being be, making crazy things. And so I think it loosens people up. You have permission to be not all perfect <laughs> because yeah. improv is an imaginary process. Yes. And laughter is certainly a great dose of medicine. Now I'm thinking as you're practicing improv that you're able to apply a number of skills and Karen Ray, I'm wondering what are some of the skills that one can expect to learn from improv? And even more importantly, what are some of the skills that you've learned yourself? I think that improv is a natural for teaching things like vocal variety. It's a natural for teaching hand gestures. We have some games that are pick something up on your desk and sell it to us. Okay. So you're having to hold it up, explain it, and be imaginary off it. And people do use their hands more when they're in an improv state. And so I think it can translate over to giving a speech and being more natural with your hands came in to express a point because when you're being another character, you know, your hands move all around and it helps people with, you know, vocal variety, uh, hand gestures, thinking of an entertaining way of presenting something. So it really is loosening you up to a different part of your brain that comes alive. And so I think that can translate to your more serious speeches or your more pathways programs that are on whatever subject it is. It it, it loosens you up <laughs> to be a little more there. What was the big thing for you? What was the big takeaway for you? Well, for me, I I have retired and I have had a lot of you know things that are more difficult in my life. I have found that being able to laugh, it's, it's, it's a mental health thing, really, to go and play, play with your mind, play with the story, play with the invention. And for me, it has been therapeutic almost to go and have half hour of whatever. Some people do describe it that way. It makes me feel more awake. It makes me feel more plugged into something else about myself. 
So I think for me personally, it was retired and I, you know, I miss, especially since COVID, many of us have lost a lot of connections. And so going out there on Zoom and realizing you can do something different like improv on Zoom feels good. It's a feel good thing for me. In fact, I belong to two Toastmasters improv clubs just so I can get enough doses of this fun. (laughs) You can't get enough. Now, you touched upon vocal variety. You touched touched upon body language, et cetera. Those are great communication skills. What about leadership skills? What are some of the leadership skills you feel that people can take away from improv? Again, I think for some of the people that feel they needed to get more oomph into their speeches, I think people with oomph in their speech, if that's such a word, do get Naturally, people are more interested in in being led if it's more fun or if there's this element of fun or an element of humor. I think that leaders that have good senses of humor or good naturalness that they seem very tuned into themselves are more naturally able to lead than those that are by the book of uh, some of the more more rigid ways of leading. So I think it, it helps people be more natural in their leadership style. I think it teaches people when they are leading to take some risks and to take some risks about showing some more of, of your energy and taking risks to be confident, just to get up and say, say something silly, you know, and I mean, not that you would in a serious speech. But practicing saying something like improv and being way out there, of course, it's going to be toned down when you do something else. But you opened up that bigger part of yourself to add it to the tone that you give when you're confident. What you say is worth listening to, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And you go in with the idea like I can entertain somebody in a way because I am able to do it in improv. I'm funny, you know, I mean, I'm funny there. And maybe I'm not very funny in real life, but I'm I'm funny for a minute there. And so then when you come back, you're like more natural, more relaxed, more confident because you've done a little performance. And I think that's really, really helps people come across a lot more naturally. Yeah. And leaders also have to be good listeners. And given the fact that improv is on the fly, so there's a lot, there's not a lot of prep sometimes. That's a good uh, leadership skill. And I'm also thinking in terms of organizing meetings, because when (laughs) when people start to laugh and all all, uh, heck breaks loose, sometimes managing a meeting like that is like herding cats, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to just not get uptight about it that, you know, just just keep going, you know, just like improv. Just keep going. Okay. It reminds me as there's a a news anchor, TV anchor for a business news, business news network, BNN, and his name is Andrew Bell. And I remember being at a conference in Toronto and he was managing or he was moderating a panel of three experts. And there was one individual who, let's just say, became a little bit challenging with the rest of the group. And the way he calmly interjected, the way he managed being able to move the questions and move the conversation forward 
was incredible. And after the event, I went up to him and I introduced myself and I thanked I said to him, I thought you did a fantastic job. And I introduced myself also as a, as a Toastmaster. And I said to him, I was very impressed the way he moderated, the way how calmly he moved things around and how calmly he was able to gain control. And I asked him, I said, where did you learn those skills? And he said he took improv. That's exactly what he said. And one of his other colleagues took it as well. He also shared with me that he grew up extremely introverted and very, very shy. And so this really, really helped him. When I mentioned Toastmasters, he said, you know, I tried Toastmasters, but just the timing didn't work for, uh, didn't work for him. And he thought, well, maybe I should try that again. But I thought that was quite interesting how he improvised and how he used, how he learned a number of his skills from improv. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in meetings like yours, where sometimes it becomes free form, how are, how are evaluations handled? Well, we, if for speeches, we do traditional evaluations. So, or sometimes if the meeting's small, where maybe more than one person might be able to round rob an, an evaluation, or if we just have one speaker. But when we get to the improv, we don't evaluate who did the improv. I think we're more careful to evaluate those of us who might be leading the improv the improv leader self-evaluates or evaluates with another person that does improv. And we really have to self-evaluate ourselves and make sure we have explained the way, game well enough so that it's not real confusing what we're, what, what we're doing, that we reiterate some of the rules of improv about the yes and, that we uh, say ahead of a time, you go ahead and be silly because this is a time that you're, you're like a child and children are, are, are able to be free thinking. And so there's just a few things that are really a learning process. There's, no lot, there's not a lot of experience out there doing Zoom improv. It's usually been an in-person thing. So it's, it's important to keep learning how to do it better on Zoom. So basically what you're doing is you're evaluating the person who's leading and you're evaluating the process rather than the content. Yes. If you want to be a good improv game leader, you have to keep refining how you do it so that it's more fun and you're not caught up in administrative deals like who's going to be first and who's going to be second or, you know, it's, you got to set that up ahead of time so it works. Okay. Obviously your club focuses on improv and humor. Can you think of ways that perhaps existing clubs might incorporate a small amount of improv into their meetings? Yes, I think that some of these games are, you could pick one game and have a session of it and try try one game just, just for loosening up ahead of time and, and just, or it could be a, 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 a speech in maybe some way of the engaging humor path and you could find a way to adapt one of those speeches to the art of improv or, or how to improve your body language. And I think it'd be a perfect one for incorporating vocal variety and the hand motions, you know, the movements in there by, by practicing some improv and just, just simply having an improv session as a speech. Okay, so you can assign an improv master. I know some clubs have a joke master, and that individual will get yes. up and give a joke. Sometimes it's earlier in the meeting, sometimes it's later in the meeting. Yes, and so that would be one way. But you know, jokes are a little different. But I think that you know, t- learning your time time jokes is good too. But yeah, the the portion of the improv that 
I, I did it in one of my meet, meetings and, and it was uh, had more time. So I did the, the alphabet game as a speech. That was my speech was I'm going to introduce you to improv and we're actually going to participate in this speech and we're going to do the improv. And it, it, it was interesting. Everybody said, oh, I, at the end, uh, you know, th then we had a formal evaluation of how well I led improv. It's a really fun thing to try. And it's really not that, there's a lot of stuff out there and you can watch some videos and YouTubes on, on, on doing that. The, the thing is that if you are a Zoom group and not everybody's a Zoom group, if you're an in-person group, you really got, you're lucky that you can do improv in person. But if you're a Zoom group, be sure that, that you understand the strengths and, and limitations of the Zoom atmosphere in an improvisational way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So Karen Ray, this is certainly some sage advice and, and great ideas to get started at improv. And folks, if you found this episode really interesting, I encourage you to share it with your friends and family and fellow Toastmasters. You can find the Toastmasters podcast at toastmasterspodcast.com, toastmasters.org, Google, Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out Stephanie Darling's article, Improving. Club Meetings, subtitled How Three Clubs Are Getting Laughs and Flexing Their Spontaneous Speaking Skills. And in addition to reading about what Karen Ray had to say, you can also hear from a couple of other clubs. Uh, one of them is the International Improv Toastmasters Club, and it's a Chinese-English speaking club that's based in Beijing, and also Improv Toastmasters. This is an online club that's based in North Hollywood, California, and according to Thomas Island, credited speaker, distinguished Toastmaster, and he's also the vice president of education for the club, he says that the club is so committed to the art form that it's written into the club's mission statement. And that reads in part, every member has the opportunity to develop communication and leadership skills and learn improv and improv-related skills. Now that's dedication, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in that club too. Tom's yeah. great. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> what a way to end the session. And Karen, before we leave, can you just perhaps let people know where they can reach you, where they can find your club? Yes, we're uh, based in Torrance, California. We're on Meetup and we're on the Toastmasters website, Improv and Humor. And we meet Saturdays, every other Saturday, from 9 o'clock Pacific time to 11, uh, 10.30 approximately. So, yes, just, just come, you know, just come. It's, it, I promise you, you'll have a good time. We'll certainly put the link in the show notes. Karen Ray Hanna, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the program today. Well, thank you very much. I, my first podcast, really fun. Hey, I, hopefully we can get a whole lot more of these things going and get more people coming to improv. Ever imagined a book written just for you? Introducing Pooks.ai. We're not just another bookstore. We're the future of reading. Our state-of-the-art AI adapts each book to your specific needs, creating a personalized masterpiece. Visit Pooks.ai now. That's P-O-O-K-S AI. And use the promotion code SPOTIFY for a whopping 50% off. Pooks.ai. Your personalized book awaits.